now tuned in to the Meesey Muse Unplugged, a pop-up podcast variety show helping consultants along their journey to greatness with your host, management consultant, author, and blogger, Christy Lindor. go-getters. So for today's episode, we will be doing a segment that I call Where Are They Now? And for those that are new to the show, this is when I have the utmost honor to reconnect with a former colleague that I really enjoyed working with. And this individual had, you know, a brand of a rock star while we worked together. So for today's career dilemma, I had actually one of my mentees reach out seeking help because they're part of a project team that is actually drinking heavily and wanted some help figuring out how to manage that dynamic. And I'm going to ask today's guest to weigh in on that. So with that, I have the opportunity and pleasure to connect with Ron. So Ron, thank you so much for making time to connect with me today. Sure. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just super excited to chat with you now. There's just so many years that flew by since we've last connected. I know we were we were trying to figure out the year. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out. Like how many years has it been? Like really. So before we kind of get started, can you maybe give everyone a quick introduction of your background, who you are, like you know what your background is, and 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 maybe share a little bit about like you know what you did when you were in consulting. Sure, definitely. So my background is actually very diverse. Upon graduating college, I started working for a mid-tier consulting firm, started as a management analyst, and worked there working specifically on PeopleSoft and Oracle implementations in the finance arena and the HR arena. So I worked with that company for about three years, and then I moved over to one of the big four consulting firms. And at that firm, I was actually in the learning and talent development practice where I worked as a consultant who dealt specifically with learning and talent development, meaning I would go into an organization on a project team to develop training materials and not only deliver training courses, but also work one-on-one with certain individuals within the organization to allow them to understand a new business process or system process that was being put in place. So I worked in that particular arena for quite a few years. And after leaving that big consulting firm, I went to two other additional big four consulting firms where I actually did some of the same thing and then moved over into the arena of project management. And in that particular role as a project manager, I managed huge ERP implementations to ensure that a client was getting the best value for the implementation that was being put in place. So I did everything from managing resources to managing schedules to managing budgets to interaction with executives to ensure that the project team that was on the ground was doing everything that they needed to do. So after a few years of doing that with those other big four consulting firms, I actually went independent and started to do more project management work in the learning and talent development space in particular to help organizations implement training programs so that their employees would be able to adapt to the change that was being implemented at their organization. So today, I'm actually back with a boutique consulting firm as a director in their enterprise architecture practice doing project management work, specifically 
around architecture projects or any type of enterprise that's being revamped or implemented at a particular organization. What a nice kind of well-rounded background. I didn't realize you've done so much since we last connected. Good for you. Yeah, I I didn't realize that you had done all of that after, because I know when we were working together, it was in kind of the big four, in your big four journey, but I didn't realize it's been so long. My goodness. So congratulations on your director role and, and being able to kind of kind of go full circle. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. It's been a journey over the last six, seven years, and I've worked in so many different, you know, capacities and aspects that I've grown my skill set in so many areas, and I'm actually in a role that I enjoy 100%. And so maybe for listeners, you know, and I think about like your your journey going from kind of a mid-tier boutique firm, going and kind of having experiences at different big fours, then pivoting, spending some time as an independent consultant, and then kind of going back to mid-tier. Can you maybe give our listeners kind of a what would be the differences between like the mid-tier firm, your mid-tier firm experience versus your big four versus independent consulting? Like if someone was thinking about this as a career, like what would you give them as like things to kind of kind of make that decision between the, the three, the three kind of paths? Definitely. So I would say that the major difference for me that I've experienced is that working for a mid-tier firm, you're definitely more of an entrepreneur. You have to have that entrepreneur. Mm mindset because you're really on your own, which means you have to figure out organizations, you have to figure out how to navigate through them, and you really don't have the support or mentorship from someone who's there to kind of guide you through the process. And you have to figure out how to navigate through those mid-tier firms and how to be successful there. Whereas at a big four firm, you not only have mentorship in place, you not only have, and I say mentorship, meaning someone who's at a higher level than you, someone who's on your same sort of peer mentor, and then someone who is at a lower level where you're actually a mentor to them, but you also learn from them as they grow through the organization. You also do not have the learning that's available to you, so the trainings that are available to you at a mid-tier firm versus a big four firm. And I would just say that the support that you get at a big four firm with the individuals who surround you, and I'll almost say it's almost like level of protection, where my experience at Big Four, if I made a mistake, there was someone there to not only protect me from a lot of the ramifications that could come from that, but they were also there to teach me as in how I needed to move forward to ensure that I don't make that mistake again. Whereas at mid-tier, that's not necessarily the case. If you mess up, it's on you, and you have to figure out how to get out of that situation and ensure that it does not happen again. Right. And and then what about for independent? I, I'm assuming it's kind of like mid-tier, it's, it would sound like. Right. It's similar to mid-tier, but as an independent consultant, everything's on you. You really don't report to anyone. So you have to go into these projects at an organization and figure everything out. You are the face of the company that you work for, which is yourself. And so you have to be the CEO, the CFO, the CIO, the director, the manager, HR representative, and everyone. So you have to figure it out all on your own. And you have to be confident in who you are in every aspect of what you do in order to be successful. And if there's one area where you're lacking, you have to go out and find your own mentors to assist you in being successful, being an independent consultant. And so I would say it's one of the more difficult areas to accomplish. But if you are trained, you know, effectively like I was, 
from Big Four, then you'll be just fine in that arena. But it's definitely all of the onus is on you to be successful as an independent consultant. And for a lot of individuals, it works out great. And for others, not so much. I can see that. So I guess of the three, if someone was thinking about one versus the other, if I kind of sum up what I hear you're saying is that for someone interested in consulting, if they really want a lot of support, it sounds like kind of that that big four type of environment is good because it has like that infrastructure. But the mid-tier sounds like you have a little bit more flexibility with the entrepreneurial feel to it versus like independent where it's probably best for like someone who's got a really seasoned background already and they don't need a lot of that infrastructure support. Is that a fair like summary? Yes, that is a 100% correct assessment. Okay, that's really helpful. So with that, I wanted to kind of talk through a couple moments. So I wanted to kind of go down memory lane with you today, Ron, given it's just so long. And, you know, I'm going to kick off memory lane and just talk about, I'm going to tell the listeners like how much people loved Ron, right? I don't know. What's that show called? Everybody Loves Raymond. So like when I worked with Ron, like everyone loved him. (laughs) He was doing so much. And I hope you were having fun, Ron. But it was, I know for me, it was a pleasure working with you. And, you know, us kind of working and navigating challenges and trying to figure things out. I really, really enjoyed working with you. Same here. I definitely enjoyed working with you as well, Christy. And whether you know it or not, you were actually one of my driving forces to do well in Big Four Consulting. So, Christy, everyone was not only a mentor, but also a friend. And she held me accountable for quite a few things. Christy actually (laughs) was very instrumental and ensuring that I had the skills that I needed in order to be successful at Big Four. And I still think about, you know, all of the tools and the different words of encouragement and plans that she and I, you know, somewhat put in place in order to help me be successful in Big Four. And I've taken those tools and have applied them not only to my independent consulting skills, but also working for a mid-tier firm. And I've been successful. And I can just think about Christy and I meeting on Friday evening at the work and we go out of conference. <laughs> so put a plan in place as to, you know, Ron, these are some areas where I think you need to improve upon. And this is how you should do it. And it will be a back and forth dialogue. And it was just a great experience. And so Christy is actually part of the foundation uh, builders that helped me get to where I am today. So I want to personally thank you for that, Christy. Yeah. Those, oh my gosh. I You said that. I'm just like smiling like, oh my God. I, I'm like, yeah, we did have we had a lot of long nights working through stuff like and we were so I remember we were so determined Ron like we were like on fire because we were like we're gonna make this work and we're gonna like do this stuff and we're gonna be like fly doing it so thank you thank you for that that acknowledgement and I'm so happy and it, it, it really means a lot to me that I've helped you in that way so so maybe let's talk about a couple of moments a couple of moments so If you think about like, you know, the time when we were working together, even if it's like not a project like you and I worked on, I know we've done a couple of them together, but what was like some of your favorite moments working and and consulting just in general? Like what would be one you want to share? I would say one, the people. I met so many intelligent, driven individuals from different backgrounds, different Mm -hmm. races different experience levels that they've had. And so I would say the people is probably one of the more memorable aspects of working, you know, and consulting because they not only 
you know, encouraged you, but they also gave you the drive because you would be some of the the great, wonderful things that they were doing, and you would want to, you know, achieve some of those aspects, you know, in your career that they were doing. They were very supportive in everything that you were doing, and if you needed help, you could always reach out to the individuals who were around you, and if they were available, they would definitely lend a helping hand. So that was definitely one of the more memorable experiences for me. Yeah, I so agree. And I think, honestly, sometimes I feel like the reason that I, I continue to stay in consulting is just that, because it's it's like, where else am I going to find this incubator of just amazing, brilliant people? So I just so agree with you on that. What would you say are some of, like, maybe you can share, like, one of your more challenging moments. So, like, like what was a challenging moment? And, you know, what was, like, how did you overcome, like, that, the obstacles that you faced? Sure, definitely. So when Christy and I worked for Big Four Consulting Firm, I would say one of the challenges I had was that I worked in the federal practice, and I wanted to make the transition over to the commercial practice. And I was actually given the opportunity to move over to the commercial practice and work on some projects over there. And one thing I'll say is that there was a learning curve because the federal practice, the client, had a different methodology and a different way of thinking about things versus those in the commercial practice. So in the commercial practice, I'll give you an example. There were timelines and deadlines that were set, and there was really no flexibility there. You were expected to hit the ground running on day one and to be sharp from day one through the end of the project. Uh, You were expected to know more than what you came into that particular project knowing. You were supposed to know everyone on your team. You were supposed to be an expert in the area that you were hired on the project to perform particular tasks, et cetera. So I would say that it was challenging because I came from a practice that was a little bit more lenient in certain areas and not necessarily the business aspect, but the clients. The clients were, they just thought differently. And Mm -hmm. so when I was in the commercial practice, I had to really get up to speed really quickly, understand how the organization ran as far as culturally is concerned. And so it was very challenging and ensuring that I was, number one, that I was on top of, you know, my game, that I knew what I was supposed to do, that I was two to three steps ahead of the client who I was working for at that time, and being able to report back not only to my direct supervisor, but the individuals who were in that practice or who had a stake from the business side of the house as to how to be successful there and the progress that I was making. So it was challenging, and it was one, you know, that I knew I had to step up and do what I needed to do in order to be successful there. And I had a great team around me of mentors and peer mentors who were there to support me and those who were on the account and those who were not on the account to help me become successful. So I would say the most challenging part of consulting I could think of was making that move from the federal space over into the commercial space and then being successful because I was actually around a group of people who I did not know, whereas in the federal practice, of course, we had a few thousand practitioners there, but I knew most of them. So it was you know, pretty easy to navigate the federal practice to a certain extent, whereas when I joined the commercial practice, I was in a different setting, and I had to rise to the occasion in order to be successful. 
Today's episode is brought to you on behalf of the Misi Muse. A hundred plus selected practices, unwritten rules and habits of great consultants. A book by Christy Lindor. Written in the voice of a mentor, the Misi Muse provides insights on the unwritten rules of great consultants. A perfect read for new or aspiring consultants. Christy dives into her 15-plus years of consulting experience while sharing interviews and anecdotes from over 50 consulting partners and leaders that represents thought leadership from 80% of the top 10 consulting firms in the world. Pre-sale begins shortly. Sign up at www.macymuse.com. Yeah. You know, when you when you talk about the that challenging moment and you talked about that federal to commercial, that's actually real. And I haven't done this. I, I think for my listeners, I think I will end up doing just just hearing your story reminds me of that. So I kind of did a different pivot, like if you recall. So I came from commercial practice and then I ended up spending several years in the federal practice. And then I ended up leaping and going back into commercial. So there was extremely distinct differences. And I think it's important for people to understand that. And because it sounds like you and I both live both sides of the fence, I think I may do an episode just on that. So so thank you for, for kind of teasing that out and sharing that today. So you talked about your favorite, talked about your challenging, like what was maybe, if you can share with the listeners, like what was like your most awkward moment <laughs> in consulting? I would say my most awkward moment was when I was working for Big Four again, the same firm uh, with Christy, and they had a retreat, and it was everyone at the consulting level and everyone at the senior consulting level. They took us on a a retreat, excuse me, down to Orlando, Florida, and what we were doing there was that we were getting to know our colleagues within the particular practice that we were in at the firm, and they had us do quite a few things from business cases to presenting in front of executives to presenting in front of our peers to giving us awkward situations and you need to find out how to get out of this awkward situation as related to not only the client side but at an organization even in your you know personal life etc so i was actually a part of a team of individuals there were eight people on the team and we were given a case study that we needed to solve and it was one of the case studies i'm sure everyone knows and it's about blockbuster and how blockbuster was a brick and mortar and the world around Blockbuster was changing. And so Blockbuster had to kind of adapt uh, to the new world with Netflix and some of the other online streaming channels that were out there. And so our case study was to go in and figure out how to help Blockbuster assimilate to the new structure that was happening in the world that we live in of technology. And so I was actually chosen out of the group to go and present our case study to a team of executives. And so I actually, you know, it was awkward because there were so many other individuals who were on the team who were more outspoken, who seemed to be more interested in what was going on and knew the answers to, who knew how to answer any question that was actually thrown at them. And so these individuals consisted of someone who was a lawyer by trade and someone who had gotten an MBA from a from a Ivy League university. And so out of everyone there, they chose me to present, you know, to the executive. And so it was, it was very awkward to me because I know I, I have a little bit of confidence. I know I can speak well. I can be charming at times, but I didn't put forth, you know, those qualities while we were 
doing this case study, so I didn't think that I would be the person who who would be put up to present in front of these executives. And so, you know, I said, okay, I'll do it, not a problem. So I went and presented in front of these executives, and of course, you know, they gave feedback, which was pretty positive. So I took that back to my team, and so long story short, at the end of the retreat, they had an award ceremony, and one of the directors out of the New York practice stated that they wanted to honor an individual who they thought was very articulate, who presented his ideas in a very factual order and was able to answer any question that was thrown at him without hesitation, and that person was me. And so out of the, I think it was about 5,000 consultants who were there at this retreat, I was chosen by the executive leadership staff as the uh, consultant who met those, I guess, qualifications that, you know, they had in place. And so it was very awkward for me because these are individuals who I did not know, had no prior relationship with them, and they chose me. And so it was a little, you know, it was very awkward to me because I couldn't believe it, number one, but at the, on the other end, I was actually honored because... I didn't think I would be in that position, and I was. See, this is exactly, listeners, what I was telling you. When I when, remember when I, I said, like, everyone loves Ron. That this is. Thank you for that example, Ron, because you just kind of crystallized it. So I'm actually not surprised <laughs> that you got that honor. I think it's probably they saw something in you at that time that you maybe didn't see in yourself, and you just shined. But that was that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely see, you know, when you're when you're saying that, how if, if you don't know folks and then you're kind of getting that, I can I can definitely see where how that can kind of put you in a feel almost like embarrassing <laughs> type of moment, putting you on the spot. Yeah, but you did good. You did good, which is great. So with that, one last moment. So if you can maybe share like one of your most crazy moments, like if you think about like over the years, like what was a crazy moment that you had? And that's not travel, because I know we've had some all had some really crazy travel stories. A moment that's not travel that was like crazy. Sure, let's see. I have a few of those, but I'll I'll do one when I was working in Atlanta, Georgia, at a large healthcare organization, and so I was actually training, and so I was training this group of individuals on how to utilize this new system that was being put in place at the organization. And so I was, I had a, the group that I was training was very diverse, meaning they were of different ages, different educational backgrounds, multicultural group of individuals. And so when you have these types of individuals, you have to be very careful in how you present the material. And so I was presenting the material, you know, as best as I could based on the demographics of the individuals who were in the room. And there was a a guy named Bill who was in the class, and he was an older guy, maybe in his early to mid-70s, and he had been in his particular role at the organization for probably 40 years. And so this was a new system that was being put in place, and I guess Bill wasn't interested in learning the new system because he had been doing his job well for many years and hadn't had too many complaints here or there. And so he was preparing to retire in the next couple of years. And so he would always question why I'm in this training room, why I'm in this training class. And so I would, you know, explain to him that, you know, hey, Bill, there's a new system being put in place. And with this new system being put in place, your job is going to change quite a bit. So everything is going to have to be online entry versus the paper entry that you all had been performing in the past. 
one day, you know, I'm in the class and I'm, you know, going through a particular module within the new system. And all of a sudden, I see Bill reaching to his ears. He takes out his hearing aids and he puts them on the desk in front of him. At that point, you know, you say to yourself, okay, well, what do you do? Do you have the class take a break and you go speak to Bill one-on-one? Do you go tell Bill's supervisor, you know, what is going on? But it makes you question your technique of relaying information to the individuals in the class. And so I just decided I'm going to continue to go ahead and finish this particular topic that I'm on. And then after that, I'll go have a conversation with Bill. So after I got done with that topic, I dismissed the class on a, on a short break. And so while the class was on break, I went over to Bill and I said, Bill, let me speak to you for a second. And so I just kind of waved him over to me. So he picked his hearing aids up and he came, he put them in. <laughs> I said, Bill, are you okay? Are you comprehending everything that I'm relaying to the class? Are you comfortable? You know, is there anything I can do to help you retain the information more, et cetera? And Bill told me without blinking an eye or cracking a smile, Bill said, I am not interested in what you are teaching and I do not have to learn it. And so I told Bill at that point, I, I was actually shocked, and so I had to try <laughs> what I had to say to Bill in order to get him, you know, back on, you know, track. And so I said, I said, Bill, I said, I know that this may be a little bit difficult for you to understand, but what we can do is that I will schedule some one-on-one sessions with you so that we can discuss the training. And so Bill said, Bill just threw his hands up and walked out the door. So at this um. point, I said, okay, well, how do I deal with this? Because this is, you know, maybe a disruption to the class. So I, you know, went and sat down behind the desk that I was presenting from and just, you know, thought about, reflected on, you know, how can I get this guy engaged? Because I've never had this happen to me before. Normally the older individuals are the ones who want to know what's going on so they can keep their jobs. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking, 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 so I just left it alone. So then the class came back and I, before I began to teach, I said, I'm going to, I decided I'm going to pair the individuals up in the class two on two in order to ensure that, you know, everyone's comprehending appropriately. So someone who I felt was a little bit more advanced than someone who maybe was having a little challenge in the course, I decided to pair them up. So I paired Bill up with a young lady in the course who knew her job, was very interested in what was going on, who was able to, you know, get through the system really fast and answer all questions that were being presented. So I paired him up, and then Bill asked me, you know, right there in front of everybody, he said, why would you pair me up with this girl? She doesn't know what the hell she's doing. <laughs> I, said, I said, Bill, I, you know, I said, you know, we only have five days for this course. We're at day three right now. And, you know, there are some individuals who are not picking up on the information as fast as the others. So at that point, Bill took his hearing aids out again and got up and walked out the classroom. And so at that point, I didn't know what to do. I was blown away and, you know, didn't know what to do. So I just continued to teach the class. And then once class was over for that day, I went and, you know, tried to find Bill and, you know, tell him, you know, I'm here to help. I can help you this way, that. And Bill didn't want to hear. He didn't care. And then he finally told me, he said, I'm retiring in the next couple of years. So this stuff doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm not going to do it. And he, you know, just rant and rave and everything else about what was going on. Apparently, he went and told his supervisor that I wasn't honing in on his needs so that he would be able to learn the class. So, therefore, he wasn't attending the course anymore. And so, I had a conversation, you know, with his supervisor and kind of told the supervisor what had went on and how I, you know, am doing my best to try to help Bill 
Bill isn't willing, you know, to meet me halfway. And so she told me she was going to have a talk with Bill. So the next day, Bill came back to class, and Bill was very disruptive this day. He was singing, and he was doing everything to disrupt wow. at all costs. So at that point, I stopped the course. I went, you know, and spoke with his supervisor, and his supervisor came and got Bill and, you know, took him away, and then I was able to finish the class. So that was one of the more strangest situations that I have been in in my career. And I've been doing this for a very long time, but having, you know, someone who was of age and who just wasn't, you know, going to learn what was being presented to him. And I think at the end, I think it was more around he didn't understand why the organization was changing, you know, at this point in time. And, you know, he had been doing his job the right way for 30 years, 30 plus years. And then Mm -hmm. now all of a Things are changing. I think he was not only scared, but I think he was at being able to retire and receive all the benefits that he was supposed to. So he just decided to have his own little rebellion. And whatever happened uh, to Bill after that, I'm not 100% sure. But it was definitely one of the more strangest things that I've experienced in my entire career. Yeah. Talk about pressure. I've actually never had anything like that happen. And we both are in the business of change, right? When you think about when consultants are brought in, we're usually brought in to kind of shake things up and really help an organization kind of get to the next level. And you bring up a really good point, you know, all jokes aside about like what, you know, kind of the tactics he was using, you know, managing resistance and helping clients, you know, and helping their employees along the journey is so critical to the work we do. And I think, and again, you know, I'm truly biased. I'm, I'm a change management person. So of course, that's the way I think. But I think about when I hear you say that and I hear him, you know, not like completely breaking down like that. It just goes to show like how important it is to bring people along. And it's not just about, you know, putting in a system. It's not just about saving money or cutting costs or whatever it is that we are in the business of doing. We're also in the business of, of helping you humans and being empathetic and helping people through that. And so I actually give you kudos. I think you, you know, you handled it with grace and professionalism the best that you could given the circumstances, but that's like a really, really challenging type of experience, especially with what you had to do. So kind of going through that experience, Ron, you know, how do you think that has helped you in other areas of your life? You know, when you think about like, you know, how we kind of, kind of puts you on the, on the spot. Like you had to respond, you know, like, like, how do you think that's helped you moving forward? I think it's helped out quite a bit. Number one, around conflict management. And number two, around being able to perform in a high stress environment. And so it's helped me to be more cognizant of the clients who I do work for, cognizant of, you know, the people who work for them and how their job you know, are going to change has also helped me with being more empathetic to individuals, especially aging individuals, as well as, you know, millennials, because millennials, from my experience, are not really on the same page as those of us who are Generation X or even the baby boomers. And so I think that it has allowed me to try to come up with creative ways in order to solve situations and how to meet challenges that you face. And that's in my personal life as well as in my business life. It's helped, you know, 
to think about others as well when you're thinking about yourself because I think sometimes we can think about, you know, how a situation is going to affect us and that our feelings are nine times out of ten the only ones that matter. But it allowed me to think about how others, what their feelings are and how they react to certain situations. And it helps me to be just a little bit more empathetic and sympathetic, actually, to some of the issues that go on, you know, in my personal life, in the world we live in, and in the business world that I work in. Hey, go-getters. Have feedback on today's show? Questions on consulting? Want to be a guest? We'd love to hear from you. Just drop us a line at mecmuseunplugged at gmail. That's mecmuseunplugged at gmail.com. You can also show us your support by downloading episodes, spreading the word to friends and family, or leaving us a review. Remember, Meesey Muse Unplugged is a pop-up podcast, which means we'll stick around as long as we continue to hear from you. Thank you for your support. Now back to today's show. Yeah, I can definitely see that. You've you've brought so many different kind of elements. I've I've just been like writing them down and I feel like, you know, the the millennials in the workplace, like that is an episode all on itself. Managing resistance and how do you deal with awkward client client conflicts? I think that's like, you know, a spin-off of of something I can think about doing and so thank you. This was actually really, really helpful. It was really had a lot of texture to it. So I, I really appreciate like your, you know, candid responses to the questions. One last question before I pivot to the career dilemma that I wanted your help with is now, you know, think about it now. You know, you started in consulting, you started as an analyst on up, right? You had different twists and turns. You're now in an executive leadership role, which is great. What advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now? I would say the one tip or words of wisdom or advice that I would give my younger self is to not get discouraged, to continue to strive for excellence, and to know that you are capable of doing anything that you put your mind to. Well said. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you. This is this is great. And like I mentioned at the top of the call, I do have an email from a, men- a mentee of mine, one of my current mentees today, that has a situation. And, and Ron, would you help me kind of give him some advice? Sure, definitely. Okay. Well, let me just read the, the email to you. So this email is from Jackson. I haven't spoken to Jackson in about over a year, but it was good to hear from him. So Jackson writes, hey, Christy, thank you for the book recommendations. They were very helpful. I've been placed on a project with four other men and things for the most part have been cool. But sometimes it gets a little, he wrote like a little bro-y. So sometimes it gets a little bro-y and it's like I'm back in college at a frat party. My team gets together about two nights a week and gets completely wasted. The first two weeks on the project, it was okay, but now it's just getting old. I just don't want to drink that often. I tried to casually make excuses to not join the drinking binges, but my manager clears my plate or pushes out deadlines to ensure that I can participate. Wow. I've gotten called out or teased a couple of times about trying to bail, so I stick around and just kind of deal with it. I'm on this project for at least three more months with a possible extension. It's highly visible engagement in my practice, so I don't want to make a fuss about it, but I also just don't want to drink that heavily. So how can I bow out of the team drinking while not impacting my team's impression of me or burning bridges in my practice? So 
you know, it's interesting. I've never been in a situation kind of in, you know, that way. But, you know, Ron, when you hear this, what are kind of some of the, the things that come to mind on, on like advice you would give to Jackson in this situation? Sure, definitely. So I actually have a situation where I was actually in that same predicament. Oh, wow. Okay. Actually was the first project that I worked on in my consulting career. I was the youngest on the team. I was 21, 22 at the time. And the other gentlemen, you know, on the project were 40 plus. And they liked having me around because I knew where the girls were. I knew, you know, all the hangout spots. I knew, you know, where the party was. And that's what they wanted to do while they were away from home on this particular project. And so I was pressured into drinking quite a bit of alcohol, not only after the work day, but also during lunch, where they would make sure that I went to lunch with them. And we would have a couple of cocktails or a couple of bottles of wine, and we would all go to dinner together. And at dinner, we would have bottles of wine and a few cocktails there. Then we would go to a, either a wine bar or some type of dive bar or a regular bar or club after we would leave dinner at night and continue the drinking, where we would have tabs in the thousands of dollars, and I'm talking about this was taking place three to four nights a week, depending on what our deadlines were and how we, how long we needed to be at the client site that particular week. And so the first, you know, month or so, you know, I was fresh out of college. I was used to drinking heavily, used to partying all night long. But what happened to me was that I would tend to oversleep. And so instead of getting to the office at 8 o'clock when everyone else, I would get there between 9, 9.30. And, you know, that was not a problem to them, but it was a problem to me because I wasn't there at the office when everybody else was arriving and I couldn't basically handle my liquor intake. So one of the things that I started to do is that when it was time to drink and the managing director would order drinks, I would sip very slowly on the drink that I was having, and oftentimes I would go and dump the drink down the toilet in the restroom or down the sink in the restroom, and then I would go back to the bar, and I would ask the bartender to give me water, but in the glass that I would drink the alcohol out of. And so what that did is that I had individuals thinking that I was drinking, you know, with them, but I actually wasn't. I was actually consuming water. And so it's a very slippery slope because it's something that, you know, these seasoned consultants are used to, and you're not necessarily used to that, and you're not comfortable telling them no. And I'll just be honest and blunt with you. If you tell them no, it may turn around to backfire on you when it's time for performance reviews. And, you know, some of those, sometimes those things can get a little personal. So I would suggest that you limit your alcohol intake and you have to if you have to come up with creative measures in order to do that, then I would suggest that you do that. And also being able to associate, you know, with your colleagues. And so it really, you know, depends on a couple of things. And the advice that I just gave, I would utilize that if it's, you know, you really can't be candid with those individuals and say, hey, I'm not drinking, and you feel that it's going to affect your performance review or your rating or how individuals are going to look at you, whether they're going to like you or not. So you really have to be careful as into how you handle the situation. And so that's one way I would do it. But if you are, you know, confident in yourself and you feel that they will 
respect your will to not drink and tell them no and you feel that it's not going to harm you, then I would just go with that approach. But it seems like to me that you feel that they do things to try to encourage you to continue, you know, to drink. And so I'm just going to suggest you're going to have to be, you know, creative in how you get around that. And being that you're so young in the field of consulting, it'll be a learning experience and it'll be something, you know, as you continue to grow in your career, you'll learn how to manage the drinking aspect, you know, of the job more carefully. And I'll just say that in consulting from a man's standpoint, it's just something that we all do. And I've done it myself. I've pressured individuals into drinking as well. So it's a slippery slope, but you just have to try, again, stay one or two steps ahead of the other individuals when it comes to drinking. I couldn't have scripted that any better. Like, that's amazing advice. And I'm so glad I asked you that because I don't know, when I first got the email, I was like, oh my goodness, that sounds really insane. And so thank you for answering it and and giving your perspective because I I actually was kind of at a loss for words because to your point, it is a slippery slope. I think the part of the email that really concerned me was the fact that the manager, his manager would actually make sure like they work around things like his excuses to make sure he can drink. So it was like, oh my goodness, I can't imagine how Jackson must be feeling. So thank you for for giving that advice. I've never been in this type of specific situation on an engagement. So I think your your advice was was really, really spot on. It's, It's unfortunate that that's the type of, you know, kind of situation we're in. But I think what you shared was realistic, Ron. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully, Jackson, those tips help. So you know, good luck. And, and I'll have to kind of keep, keep posted on, on where Jackson is, I think. And, you know, you mentioned that you've been on the project for about three more months. And so hopefully when you're able to roll off that project, you know, really kind of focus on not getting on projects with, with those individuals again, it would be my other kind of words of advice. And Jackson's at a firm that I've never worked at before. So I'm not quite sure of the culture and so it sounds like, you know, it, that may be a bigger thing to look at, Jackson, just in general. Is the rest of the culture like that at your firm? You know, is it is this project just one kind of, you know, kind of snippet of the rest of the culture? I think if that's the case and, and this is just something that you just don't want to be in, there's a high likelihood you'll be put in that situation again in the future if that's the culture. So you may want to take heed to that, you know, and really think about is is that the right place or, you know, are there other practices that the culture is different? Because I think sometimes with, with, with consulting, the other piece of that is it's about the cultures of your local engagements, your local practices that really makes the difference in your experience. And so I think, you know, just strategically kind of looking at it at a higher level, I think that's something that you may want to think about, Jackson. So I think, you know, Ron gave like, like nice, good tactical, like here's kind of day to day how to deal with it. But I think, you know, the other side to that, it's just look at a big picture. And if everyone's kind of like that in the practice, I think you may want to do some thinking if if that's where you want to be long term. So, well, thank you. This was great, Ron. It was so great to reconnect with you. I can't believe it's been so long that we haven't connected. So thank you for your time. This is great. Sure, definitely. Anytime. It was a pleasure getting the opportunity to reconnect with you and being able to speak about my experience in consulting. And, you know, the successes that I have and, you know, some of the challenges that I face was definitely great to share with individuals who, you know, are interested in consulting, who are currently in consulting, 
or looking, you know, to make a move in consulting. And I think that this podcast that you're doing is going to be very helpful and useful to quite a few individuals, those who are new to consulting and even some that are seasoned consultants, because sometimes we as seasoned consultants need a refresher as to how to continue to be successful and how to avoid, you know, some pitfalls. And so it was a pleasure to be on your show today, and it's, you know, an honor for you to ask me to be here. So thank you so much for having me, Christy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you to probably come back in the future. You just gave so many different elements and different things to think about. So hopefully you're, you're open to that offer. I sure am. Definitely. Anytime. Yeah, awesome. And go-getters, if you have a career dilemma or just want another kind of piece of advice, feel free to drop us a line at MacyMuseUnplugged at Gmail. Again, the email is MacyMuseUnplugged at Gmail. Again, I want to thank Ron. And till next time, here is to your journey to greatness. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This pop-up podcast was inspired by my upcoming book, The Misi News, 100 Plus Selected Practices, Unwritten Rules, and Habits of Great Consultants. I have people asking me over the last year many questions about this book, but the one question that comes up constantly is, Christy, you have such a demanding career. How did you find time to write this book? And honestly, the answer is simple. I really sought to become the mentor that I wish I had earlier in my career. In the beginning of my career, I didn't have many mentors, um, mental maps of what success really looked like, and I really struggled with that in, in a lot of different ways. But what's nice about struggles is that I overcame them, I grew stronger, more competent, and I'm so excited where I am today in my career. I, I just want to share you know, what I've learned and be able to help you. And so I wrote the book you know, with my years of experience, but I also had an opportunity an amazing opportunity to connect with over 50 or so consulting partners and leaders across the industry, sharing their stories, their antidotes, their resources on how you could be a great consultant yourself. So do me a favor, pick up your phone right now, go to www.mecnews.com. If you scroll down, you'll see a little box to sign up for uh, the book pre-sale notification, go ahead and sign up for it. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback on uh, my book as well as the podcast. So thanks again for listening and here's to your journey to greatness.